Welcome to Audio of the Divine Principle, a daily reading of the Divine Principle, which is the core text of the Unificationist community. Although Moses' act of breaking the tablets of stone could be restored, his mistake of striking the rock the second time could not be restored. Why is this so? In the context of the providence restoration, the tablets of stone and the rock were related as external and internal. The tablets of stone, inscribed with the Ten Commandments, were the core of the Mosaic Law and the heart of the Old Testament. The Israelites could receive the salvation available in the Old Testament age by upholding the ideals contained in the tablets. In this sense, the tablets of stone were an external representation of Jesus who was to come. The rock, on the other hand, not only symbolized Christ. As the root of the tablets of stone, it also symbolized God, the origin of Christ. The tablets of stone were external. The rock was internal. If we liken the tablets to the body, the rock corresponds to the mind. If we liken the tablets to the holy place, the rock corresponds to the most holy place. If we liken the tablets to the earth, the rock corresponds to heaven. In short, as an internal representation of Christ, the rock had greater value than the tablets of stone. As an external representation of Jesus, the tablets of stone also symbolized Aaron. Aaron was an external representative of Jesus as he stood before Moses, the representative of God. When the Israelites pressured Aaron to make the golden calf, Aaron himself lost faith, and this led to the breaking of the tablets. Nevertheless, Aaron could be revived because he repented while still standing upon the foundation of having drunk the water from the rock at Rephidim. When he did so, the tablets of stone symbolizing Aaron could also be refashioned and restored based on the internal foundation of the water from the rock. However, since the rock, the root of the tablets of stone, symbolized not only Jesus but also God, his origin, striking the rock the second time could not be undone. What were the consequences of striking the rock twice? Moses struck the rock the second time because he was overcome by uncontrolled rage at the people's faithlessness. He acted under the influence of Satan, even on Satan's behalf. Consequently, the dispensation to start, which God had intended to carry out based on the rock, was defiled by Satan. Although externally Moses' act of striking the rock a second time proved to be a satanic act, still in a deeper, internal sense, he gave drink to the people with the water which flowed from it and saved their lives. This reaffirmed the prophecy God had given earlier, that the external Israelites, those who were adults when they left Egypt, could not enter Canaan as was promised, except for Joshua and Caleb. Moses, too, would die without fulfilling his long-cherished dream of entering the promised land. On the other hand, the internal Israelites, those who were the children at the time of the exodus of Egypt, or were born during the wilderness course when the people drank the water from the rock and honored the tabernacle, would enter Canaan under the leadership of Joshua, who succeeded Moses. Since Moses' act of striking the rock twice allowed Satan to invade, we would not expect the rock to have yielded water. How, then, was it possible for water to flow from it? Moses had already brought forth water from the rock at Rephidim in the second national course to restore Canaan, thus laying the foundation to bring forth water from the rock. The tablets of stone, the tabernacle, and the Ark of the Covenant erected upon this foundation were sustained into the third national course, despite the people's faithlessness, by Moses' unwavering devotion. 
he firmly maintained the foundation of faith for the tabernacle, which he had laid during his 40-day fast. Although Moses' faith faltered in a moment of anger, his heart towards God remained unchanging. Furthermore, Joshua had laid the foundation for the tabernacle through his absolute faith during the 40 days of spying, and he continued to uphold the tablets, the tabernacle, and the ark from that time forth. Thus, the foundation to bring forth water from the rock, which had been established at Rephidim, remained intact centering on Joshua. In sum, although the second dispensation based on the rock was invaded by Satan externally due to Moses' outward act of faithlessness, it remained sound internally. The rock brought forth water for the people due to Moses' and Joshua's internal attitude of unswerving faith and devotion. When Moses struck the rock the second time, he in effect struck it from the position of Satan. Satan, therefore, took possession of the stone. Accordingly, when in Jesus' time the people disbelieved, Jesus, as the fulfillment of the stone, had to personally enter the wilderness and recover the stone. This is the reason behind his first temptation, when Satan challenged him to turn the stone into bread. Due to the faithlessness of the Israelites, Moses became enraged and struck the rock twice. This gave Satan a lean on his body, which bound Moses to die outside the promised land. However, he was able to enter Canaan in spirit because he had brought forth water from the rock by virtue of his indomitable faith. This foreshadowed what could happen when Jesus came as the true manifestation of the rock. If the Jewish people disbelieved, Jesus' body would also suffer attack by Satan, even to the extent of being hung on the cross. He would die before completing the restoration of Canaan worldwide. Nevertheless, he would still be able to accomplish the spiritual portion of restoration through his resurrection. Shortly after this episode, the Israelites again complained along the way, and God sent fiery serpents which bit and killed many of them. When they repented, God had Moses make a bronze serpent and set it on a pole that anyone might look at it and be saved. The fiery serpent symbolized Satan, the ancient serpent, who caused Eve to fall. The bronze serpent set on the symbolized Jesus, who was to come as the heavenly serpent. This foreshadowed what may happen in Jesus' time, as he said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Although God let the Israelites fall prey to the satanic serpent when they became faithless, he saved their lives with the bronze serpent when they repented and renewed their faith. Likewise, in Jesus' time, if the people were to disbelieve, God would have to leave them vulnerable to Satan's attack, and Jesus would have to be hung on the cross as the heavenly serpent to save humanity. Whoever then repented of his faithlessness and believed in the redemption by the cross would be saved. Indeed, the episode of the fiery serpents was a remote cause of Jesus walking the path of the crucifixion to begin the course of spiritual salvation. When the Israelites were faithless and Moses struck the rock twice, God declared that Moses would not be permitted to enter the land of Canaan. Although Moses desperately prayed to God and begged God to allow him to enter Canaan, he was denied entrance and died outside of its borders. After his death, the body was buried in a valley in the land of Moab, but no one knew the place of its burial. This also foreshadowed what may happen to Jesus. If the people were to reject him, he would be crucified. Even though he might pray desperately to avoid this fate and realize the kingdom of heaven, as he in fact did in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed, Let this cup pass from me, he would die unable to accomplish this goal. Furthermore, after his death, no one would know the whereabouts of his body.